Hello and welcome to the Cage Cougar Cast. I'm your host, Mr. Randall, with Mr. Sullivan. And you know what? It's been a, it's been a long time since we recorded one of these, but we're glad to be back. Yes. Uh, Mr. Sullivan, what have you done during your time away? Stayed home a lot. Let's see here. I had a daughter. That yeah. was cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. That's about it. Having a daughter, that's kind of pretty time consuming. It's the middle of golf season. We got to do school sports. I'm the golf coach and... That's been good, too. How about you? Yeah, I didn't have a daughter. All right, so let's go on to the slang word of the week. Um, every time there's an episode, Mr. Sullivan fills me in. Uh, why don't, well, why don't you explain it, actually? Sure. I fill in Mr. Randall on the slang words of the day. Uh, this is something that I teach my students frequently and my girls golfers and really anybody that will listen to me. And today's, uh, today's word is slay. S-L-A-Y, slay, country of origin, the United States of America, I think. Slay means to dominate. Slay is often associated with the term slay queen, sometimes spelt like royalty queen, sometimes spelt like Q-W-E-E-N. Is that how you've seen it spelled before, Mr. Randall? Being that I'm a boomer and I have no association with any of these terms, so... I, I would imagine that if I was, you know, on, uh, you know, MySpace or, or, or social media that old people mm -hmm. use, maybe somebody would write that. Right. Yeah. Most people say this on AOL Instant Messenger, okay. uh, which is where I first learned the term. All right. So slay queen would be when a queen dominates. So how would you use this at, at a golf match, per se? If I were at a golf match, I would probably tell uh, one of the opposing golfers because I'm a you know I practice good sportsmanship. Mm -hmm. If they hit a good shot, I would say "slay queen" really loudly. Uh, and when I've done that in the past, I tend to get uh, some weird looks from both the opposing team and some angry looks from my own players, as if they were embarrassed, which makes me feel like it's really important to teach this word because they obviously don't know what it means. When I think of trendsetters, when it comes to like slang or like fashion, I think of high school teachers. So I, I think you're right. So I think right now you're, you're setting a trend. I think it's great. Um, I will, when I go home and my wife is doing anything, I will say to her, slay queen. Yes, absolutely. No. You should tell her like if she made a good dinner that she really slayed that cooking. Or if she did a workout, you say slay queen, way to better your health. Right. That makes sense. I'm, I'm slay queen. This, in this house, the queen slays. In this house, the queen slays. What is that? I'm <laughs> uh, just clapping. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like a syllable Brand passes, you know? Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I think or... you get it. That's wonderful. Uh, I think it's about the time that we introduce our sponsor for the day. Yeah, as you guys know, or I should say, as all you dudes know, dude being agendered, uh, the reason we do this podcast is because we make a boatload of money, right? And we finally secured another sponsor for season two. And this podcast today is brought to you by Brownsville, Brownsville's own Brownsville Brainiac's Food Sense for the bathroom. Do you like the smell of food? Let's combine that with bathroom smells. Food Sense for the bathroom. What a great idea. Did someone bake fresh cinnamon rolls in here? No, that was just me. I was using the bathroom. Mr. Sullivan, did you do pumpkin spice or bathroom in here? Why not both? Why not combine the smells that you love, bathroom smells and food scents, with the Brownville, Brownsville's Brainiacs food scents for the bathroom? Mmm, mmm. 
What you cooking? I'm just using the bathroom. All right, back to you, Mr. Sullivan. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I didn't. I didn't preview that ad read prior to your episode. Uh, what a wonderful idea. That that's why actually I'm laughing is because uh, it's so funny to me that people hadn't thought of that beforehand. Right. You know. Well, you sometimes you go to these bathrooms in public and people like to put scents in there, right? So it's like, why would you choose fresh laundry or new car smell or like you know a field? Why would you do something that's like a synthetic food smell? That's a good idea. You know, that pumpkin spice smell, it covers up whatever happened in the bathroom or it complements it really is what actually happens because it never covers it up. You can't cover up what is being done in there. But compliments are better than cover ups. Mm. Mm. What an what a intoxicating aroma coming from the bathroom. I always say that. Yeah. Mm. Mm -mm. Where's the stove in here? <laughs> oh, no, this is just the toilet. All right. Where's the stove in here? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, special thanks to Brownsville's own. Brownsville Brainiacs food sense for the bathroom. That's hard to say. <laughs> well, they have yeah. a good tagline, though. So yeah, definitely a real company. Look them up online. Yes, please do Google that. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you so much for all of the money. Uh, BBFSNB. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do with all this money. So now we're getting ad reads and we're public school teachers. So. I'm not sure how to handle this amount of wealth. What do you do with all of your uh, wheelbarrows full of cash, Mr. Randall? Well, I am a king, so I just slay. Well, queens slay. Oh, well, I guess I don't slay then. Uh, maybe I'll just give money to um, you know, my wife or her various people in my family that can slay because they're, in fact, queens. That's good. I yeah. like it. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, for our main segment today, we're looking at uh, staff superlatives. It is getting towards the back end of our school year here. Mm -hmm. And we thought that why should students be the only ones that get selected for superlatives? We think staff members should get everything that students get and more. That's right. That's right. When it comes to uh, equality, wait, we don't want that. We want uh, superiority. Superiority. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, think about that book, Animal Farm. How they say some animals are all animals are equal, some animals are superior to others. Well, we're the superior animals. So, okay, perfect. We're, the, we're Napoleon walking on two legs or, or whatever. I don't know. I haven't read the book in a long time. All right. So, I, I think we're really speaking to this generation. We've already covered MySpace, AOL Instant Messenger, and Animal Farm. So, there we go. I think we got it. Yeah. All right. First category, uh, and just uh, for some ground rules, these were selected by uh, Mr. Randall and myself. We'll each have one selection amongst the staff for each category of the staff superlatives. Uh, we thought about making the staff vote on these, uh, but in the end, we only trusted our own opinions. Yeah, you know, I don't, I generally don't trust the opinions of anyone I work with other than you. And to you. All right. First category is most athletic. Mr. Randall, who'd you select? Oh, I put, I picked Mr. Trunky because not only is he the librarian, but I've seen him around with bikes. And I think, you know, in order to ride a bike, you need to be athletic. Don't you, don't you agree? I would agree with that. There's uh, no training wheels. I've seen. I looked. And I asked him, where are your training wheels? He said, I don't need them anymore. Well, that was going to be my follow-up question. So I think you made a great selection. That's perfect. Yeah, you know, and, and his bike seems to have a lot of gears, so he also knows how to use them. And how are you going to turn and switch gears if you're not athletic? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean... He could just like, you know, if you've ever seen like a, one of those, like a Looney Tunes cartoon, he'd like ride his bike really fast and then he'd be like off the cliff and then he'd just keep going. Then he'd look down 
he realized there's no ground. And that's, of course, when you fall, that's how gravity works. So he'd fall down and he'd fall and there'd be like a bike hole and like a, a Mr. Trunky hole. He's not going to do that, though, because he's athletic, as we said before. So who is your pick for most athletic staff, staff member? Actually, uh, if you wouldn't mind just indulging me in a quick break here. Um, I've been meaning to talk to you about something as, the, as you now bring up the Looney Tunes and falling off the cliff thing. Uh -huh. um, so the last several staff meetings, uh, you have made comment of me getting into laughably embarrassing uh, predicaments, like when you told the staff a couple weeks ago that I got stuck in a Murphy bed mm -hmm. and had to go to the hospital, mm -hmm. or the next week when you told the staff that I was recovering from falling into a manhole yep. on the street. An open manhole, yeah. An open manhole, mm -hmm. right. Uh, so I've been getting a lot of emails from staff that have been saying, asking if I'm okay. And uh, I was just wondering if maybe you'd consider stop doing that. Yeah, you know, I've thought about it and I would, but you know, last week, as you often do, you're walking around downtown Bremerton. Uh -huh. And like, you know, on the third floor, they're trying to like do that thing where they take one of those pianos and they move them in with like a crane. Uh -huh. And uh, anyhow, when they were doing that, what happened was the crane somehow like the, the belt or whatever broke and then the piano fell on your head. And then what actually happened was you were fine, but you had like this little like little birds going around your head, like uh -huh. little cartoon birds. Uh -huh. And then when you smiled, your teeth like made um, like individual key noises and they fell out and they made like a crashing piano sound. So right. I think that these things just happen to you and that they're real and that I think you just have to accept it. And you're just going to keep talking about it at Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I thought I'd try. All right. Uh, my selection for most athletic goes to Miss Nikki Arondo. Mm -hmm. uh, I have seen Miss Arondo helping out with the cross-country team and actually participating and jogging. Uh, I've never been to a cross-country practice, but I did see that one time. And that's more jogging than I've done this year. So I'm going to say that she is almost certainly the most athletic. Yeah. Well, I know that, you know, walking and chewing gum is, is difficult, but I think she can do it. And I think maybe she could walk and jog, which I think you have to walk before you can run. That's what they say. And so she's already done the walking part. And now she's to the running. And so we're, most of us are still stuck on the walking part. Yes. My daughter's still stuck on the uh, laying on her back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> category two is the cutest couple, highly coveted category, the cutest couple. Mr. Randall, who did you pick on staff for the cutest couple? Uh, I, I, I felt like this was actually a really obvious one. Yes. Well, I picked the Castlers. See, oh. they are married. That's a big thing. And um, uh, here's the thing about the Castlers is that they are a cute couple, right? Um, they, they'll say little cute nothings to each other, like, uh, Mr. Castler said to Mrs. Castler uh, yesterday, I heard him say, you got me straight crippin', boo. That's very romantic. Yeah, I heard that, too. That actually kind of made me a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, um, I think it was maybe he was just tripping on the stairs. And oh. He was like, you know, he was carrying something. But maybe I think he also meant it in a romantic way or a cute way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, uh, Mrs. Castler will often carry Mr. Castler's books um, he'll wear her letterman's jacket, you know, um, does it make you a little bit uncomfortable when she calls him sweet thing though? Yeah. You know, but I think that's just like a, a new Mexico thing. Like they say sweet thing, you know, like, uh, like we might say, um, 
dungeon esque crap, or, you know, something, one of those things that we say here. Yeah, I say that as an exclamation a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dungeon esque. So, my selection for <laughs> cutest couple, and this is actually a little bit embarrassing because when I had said this was obvious, I certainly was not thinking of the Castlers. I was thinking of us. This is us. This is us. The, like, it's a great TV show, show, and it's also the correct answer for the cutest couple. Uh, have you had students like ask us like before like or ask you before like I've had several occasions of students saying so you and Mr. Randall like really good friends huh yeah you know I mostly I most kids don't ask me this because I never stop talking but yeah um they typically when they ask me this it's like they're obsessed with our personal lives and it's like well my life is really boring and so you can create a fun fun story about me but it's just not true. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, I think, but the thing is we've recorded enough of these and we've spent so much time together. We're at the point where we complete each other's episodes. Well, I was going to say sandwiches, but yeah, I mean, you know, same thing. Same thing. Okay. All, All right. right. Yeah. We complete each other's sandwiches, you know, like, like I, I take a bite of your sandwich. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. As, yeah. Okay. As you know, that famous saying. All right. So let's go on. And, and, and actually I think this would be mine, which is staff member that would be the best president. Okay. Right. So I picked Miss Rumpke. It's a great selection. Yeah, Miss Rumpke. Not only is she smart, she's fierce. She's maybe you could say she's a slate queen, I guess. Um, yeah, just to clarify, she she isn't a slate queen. Oh, right. Yeah, she was slate queen. queen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would say that if she was president. So anyhow, I also think, too, that um, one of the things that you want from a president is you want someone who's got ice water in, her, in their veins. Yes. Uh, you want someone who can, who's a, who's a, I don't want to say bulldog. That's, uh, who's uh, he's tenacious. Yes, he's fierce. Who is somebody who can, uh, who would fight for what's right and not care what other people thought. And we haven't had a lot of presidents like that, which stinks. Uh, a lot of our presidents are, are you know, like weirdos. Um, but it would be cool if Miss Rumpke was president. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. Uh, Miss Rumpke was. Uh, definitely one of my top choices and then you beat me to it uh my selection for best president of the united states um i'll start by the characteristics of, of any great president um uh, charismatic yeah uh high moral code yeah that makes sense yes yeah uh um, abraham lincoln fdr I guess you'd say. somebody you just want to hang out with yeah every great president has been somebody you want to hang out with yeah, I guess so. Sure. Um, big in stature. Sure. I mean, there's been some small presidents. Nope. We're right. looking at big, <laughs> big Rick Haskins. Big Rick uh, is my choice for the best president out of the staff members that we would have. And to be honest, I think if Miss Rumpke and Big Rick ran as a ticket, as like a president-vice president combo, I think that's a winning combination. Yeah, you know, I really like Rick. He's got a great like presence. He seems pretty cool. I think that's a good a good pick. Thank you. Uh, I like it. All right, uh, most likely to have been prom royalty. It looks like we're gonna have a prom at CK this year. A nice, uh, potentially socially distanced prom, uh, which will look like it normally does because no one ever touches each other ever face to face. At least some COVID space. That's it. Yeah, that's what, you, that's what you've been saying for years. <laughs> yeah, for, yes, for years before COVID. <laughs> uh, 
most likely to have been on prom royalty at their own high school. What do you think? Uh, well, I'm going to go with Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth Calhoun. Okay. okay. Uh, South Kitsap's own. Okay. Or Orchard's own. See, that's a lot of people to choose from. They got like 2,000 kids. She would have stuck out and would have been prom royalty. That's what you're saying. Yeah, actually, I don't know if she actually went to Port Orchard now. I think she might have gone to Olympic. All right. We don't fact check. I can cut all this. Anyhow, doesn't matter. Miss Elizabeth, Elizabeth she, has a, she has a real energy about her. She has a real excitement. She's got a lot. She's kind of fun to be around. She's probably fun to hang around with. And so, you know, when you're picking prom royalty, it's here's the, here's the dirty secret about the whole thing, right, is that it's the person who everyone hates the least often gets picked. And I, Miss Elizabeth seems like a person nobody would you can't, hate. You can't hate Miss Elizabeth. No, that's like hating uh, a spring rain. Spring rain? Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It was a good metaphor, I thought. But I, now that I say it, I realize it rains a lot here in the spring. It's more of like a Yuma thing, maybe for a spring rain to be nice. So, yeah. So, anyhow, a spring rain is Miss Elizabeth. Um, getting, getting caught out in the rain. What song's that? Um, oh, wait, that's ironic. No, this is an ironic bit, right? It's like, rain on your mama's table. Or whatever. Uh, I'm not familiar with that song. Right. My selection for prom royalty, uh, actually, I have two. Um, one is, I know you were the prom king at your high school at North Kitsap. North Kitsap's own. Eric Randall was the prom king. Yeah. I heard there was record voting malfunction. Uh, it was it's Mr. Beck outside the window. I looked around. Hey, Mr. Beck. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, so, I know Mr. Randall was part of his prom court, or he was the prom king. Uh, so, that's kind of cheating. So, I came up with a second one. And my yeah. second one is going to be Katie Staker. Katie Staker was CK's own, Central Kitsap High School alumni. And I know that Katie... What Miss Staker rather was the ASB president, the butcher, the baker, Katie Staker, the butcher, the baker, and Katie Staker is how yeah, the, the phrase goes. Yeah, and uh, I know that she was the president of the ASB, and so I assume that she was probably a, a person that they would have wanted to represent their prom royalty. Yeah, she's a uh, effervescent, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's on to best dressed. Who are the best dressed people at the whole school? And I'm going with Mr. Power Killed himself, Mr. Coyer. Mr. Peace. He's called Kilt. P-K? Kilt? K-I-L-T? Yeah. Okay, Mr. Peace. Where's the P? There's no P. Oh. Power Killed. Power Killed. Okay. <laughs> the P is silent. P-K. Yes, yeah, I know. Silent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but here's the thing that I often tell students as I say, uh, Mr. Coyer is he he owns what he wears. He's he's easy breezy, beautiful it's math teacher. The, the breezy there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like how you slipped that in. That was good. I like that. Uh, yeah, but I mean he's got he has a presence, he's got a look, and he rocks it. He's serving looks. That could be like maybe a, a slang thing, although I already know it. But he, he's serving looks, and I'm here for it. I love it. Yeah. I'm going with somebody who really embraces my own style. I wasn't gonna select myself. Mm -hmm. uh, but ideally in my life, I would like to come, come to work in athletic wear. Yep. I'm talking like quarter zips, uh, polos. Um, you want to feel like you're potentially golfing. Joggers. Yeah, you're golfing. Yeah, yeah. something yeah, that you're at the you feel range. comfortable at the driving yeah. range. Yeah, Golfing is maybe a little bit too formal for my everyday wear. Something at the driving range, like by myself on a weekend. Yeah, 
would be great. Just hit the balls. Which is why I've selected Mr. Bill Baxter, our very own athletic director. There we go. You know, he looks like a man who does not suffer fools. No. But although he might suffer fools if he has to, but he would prefer not to. I would prefer not to right. as well. So I'm going with Mr. Bill Baxter. That's Next great. category, most likely to become a millionaire. I, I like that it had to be millionaire because of the profession that we're all dealing with here. Um, yeah. Rather than like billionaire or something more lofty. But we're going to go with just a straight up millionaire. Well, who is most likely to become one? Neither of the people that we're pick, picking are rotten husks of people who could just extract surplus value from people like blood from a uh, from a corpse like a mosquito. So these are, you know, a millionaire, like a happy and a normal millionaire, you know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's it. So I, my pick is actually uh, Mr. Beck, Mr. Thomas Beck, because the thing is, is, is what do you need to become a millionaire? You need to know how to do things, right? Ruthless cruelty. Yeah, no, well, not, yeah, well, that's more for billionaires. So we're going to ask the millionaire, right? So Mr. Beck, I feel like because of his, his, his tech background and his uh, steam background, as it were, I think that he could not only make some like art that he could sell, uh, you could do an NFT for art, non-fungible tokens. That's the new thing out there, right? Yes. You could do that. Um, and then also, I, I already kind of previewed your pick. So I'm actually going to let you talk a little bit about Boo. Uh, ooh. I'm going to let you talk about ooh, who you talk about. Oh, Not John Wilkes, but... <laughs> Alex Wilkes Booth. No, yeah, I'd probably drop the Wilkes, I guess. Yes, but yeah. uh, <laughs> Mr. Booth, I believe, would also be a millionaire. Not so much for... His art, and Mr. Uh, Randall brings up a great point, there's a lot of money in both teaching and in art, uh -huh. is, is the stereotype. Right, that's uh, why so many of the, of the painters of yesteryear, that's a, that's a word that could be in the slang term too, um, yesteryear, a fortnight ago, yeah. uh, uh, were wealthy. Like, um, uh, what's the name of the guy that cut off his ear? Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Van Gogh to the polls. Yes, he was really happy. Yeah, he was very happy, famously. So yeah, go back to Mr. Booth. So Mr. Booth uh, is a, a, a tech wizard, and oftentimes when he talks about things that happen in his class, I have no idea what he's talking about, which means that he must be wicked smart and able to make inventions and things. You're going, you're going a little bit with the, the, the towny Boston thing. Wicked smart. A boy's <laughs> wicked smart. Yeah, yeah, it's just Sully coming at you here. I think he's wicked smart. Yeah, he's wicked smart. I'm a Duncan. So anyhow, <laughs> both these guys, too, could do something I think which would be important. Uh, would be they could create like a crypto bit mining rig, right? They could build some sort of rig where they could mine for bitcoins, and maybe that's how they get their money. Or maybe they could create some sort of thing where they could extract other people's bitcoins. These sound like billionaire schemes, not millionaire yeah, yeah. Schemes. Good point. Good point. Well, I guess we'll stick with the millionaire. We'll, we'll stick with what we already said, right? There's money in tech. There's money in art. There's money. There's gold in them. Their hills. I think we're all most likely to be millionaires. I'm still waiting on our public school teacher pairs. Yeah. All right. Most likely to survive in the Hunger Games. I yeah. will go with Miss Collette. So Miss Collette, for those who don't know, she's sort of the, the hand behind the scenes at the school. I mean, she's also in the front of the scenes sometimes, but she has she's, her hands in a lot she of She is literally jokes. the first person that you see when you get here. But. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but, so people don't know, though. They think, well, <laughs> that's the person. And, and you just, it's, they're, they're there, but they don't know how all the different things that a office staff member does that's so vital to a school. They're often doing plotting schemes, mm -hmm. building alliances, mm -hmm. uh, uh, taking blood oaths, things of that nature. Yep. Uh, that's, that's, 
And w- when I became an educator, I learned first on, it's like, if you want to, I hope a principal doesn't listen to this. Uh, if you want to uh, really get things done, you don't talk to the principals. Oftentimes, they don't know what they're doing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Whoops, whoops. I'm going to uh, edit this Not out. ours, though. Yeah, not ours. Ours, ours are very smart. But uh, it's their office staff members who really sort of are the, um, they're sort of the- They're the brains. Yeah, the Oz behind the curtain. Well, the, no, you don't want to be the Oz behind the curtain. No, that's not a good thing. No, okay. Yeah, they're the, they're the they're brains and the brawn. Yeah. Uh, I saw Miss Collette lift a whole car. Yes. <laughs> Hot Wheels. It was good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah exactly. Mine is Mr. Tim, Mr. Zach Tim. Uh, I believe that his youth and energy will carry him uh, a long ways uh, away from the main battle in the Hungry Games. So I think he will quickly be able to escape any kind of uh, ability to interact with other humans and then use his skills as the theater director to disguise himself until everyone else is dead. There we go. Go, Mr. Tim. Yeah, go, Mr. Tim. Wow, you could survive this Hunger Game. The real Hunger Game was the friends we made along the way. Nope, that's not it. All right. Uh, most likely to Moonlight as a superhero is our last one. Who's your superhero? I think it's Miss Who's Mom. Because okay. the thing is, is she she sort of has that so that oh, you know, I'm really friendly. I have this, you know, this energy. She's got the glasses. That's a key. You need glasses for your disguise. When you <laughs> put glasses on, too. Yeah. yes. When you put glasses on, yeah. nobody recognizes the superhero. Or if you talk like this. And your normal voice is different. And like, Ms. Usman does not talk like that. Well, yeah, but you're probably your superhero um, version. Oh, when she the... takes off the glasses, then she's like, yeah, yeah, maybe wears like a, like a mask and you know, whatever. But anyhow, um, it seems like to me that Miss Usman uh, would have some sort of, um, would, would be, you know, what do they call it? Moonlighting. There we go. Moonlighting is a superhero, right? It's actually written right on the thing we're looking at. Um, that, you know, she perhaps could maybe move through walls or maybe she was a shapeshifter. Uh, those would be cool, two cool powers to have. Maybe she could fly. We don't know. And that's the thing is Miss Usman is hiding her superhero powers from us. And I think that, you know, I'm, I consider her to be a friend. So I think it's kind of rude that she hasn't revealed her true identity. But, you know, I digress. She's just trying to keep you safe. Yeah. Uh, for mine, um, and the more I look at this and think about my selection... The more I think it might be super villain as opposed to superhero. We'll let you be the de- uh, decider on this one. I'm going with Dr. Bout. This seemed like an easy one to me uh, as most super, well, actually really super villains have some kind of like a doctoral background, uh, very smart, I- involved in the sciences, uh, wear lab coats. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of super villains that wear lab coats. Yeah, I was thinking Green Goblin, uh, Lizard. Doctor Doom, Doctor Octopus, these are all Spider-Man villains. So, right, and so at least in the Spider-Man world, Doctor Bauk is going to be right. a supervillain. So you have to remember in the 1950s and the 1960s, there was sort of a Cold War anxiety around science, oh, no. around the atomic age, oh, no. and so what they did, yes, yeah, so I'm going into a, a history thing here. Right. So oftentimes, this anxiety about science uh, was sort of uh, depicted in popular culture as scientists being sort of like bad guys or, or they could perhaps be warped by it like they might be looking for good and then they actually create what they believe to be evil right like when uh dr uh, robert oppenheimer said i am become death destroyer of wor- worlds he was quoting the book of the dead from you know the hindu text and so anyhow maybe dr balk would say the same thing dr balk does say that a lot to all of his classes i've heard that from his students he says that's a very awkward way to start i it. am death 
is what usually what he I says. become death, destroyer of worlds. Mm-hmm. Well, he puts his own spell. He just says, I am death. Oh, there we go. So I'm going with Dr. Bauk. <laughs> All right, sounds and, great. And those are the SAS superlatives. Congratulations, I guess. I don't know yeah. if anyone's going to be happy to get these awards. Uh, you know, I bet you they will. And, you know, the thing is they come with um, no money, no recognition, and not even a certificate. So well, they can hit up Mr. Beck and Mr. Booth because they might be millionaires at some point in their life. Right, yeah. Let's get those non-fungible tokens uh, right now because Mr. Beck is expensive. <laughs> he's got expensive taste. Wait, so he's, he's driving taste. Bentleys in the West Indies. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have for today. So please stay safe out there. And as always, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Woo. All right.